Giants fans, welcome back to another episode of Only a Giant. I'm sitting here in the snowy Syracuse area. We've got a eh, maybe an inch or two out there so far. Nothing crazy yet. They don't really know how much we're supposed to get tonight, but we'll kind of play that by ear. It could be six inches. It could be twelve. It could be two. Ooh, who knows? Meteorologists. I don't think they know what, know what's going on. So I think I'll start this episode off how I have. Uh, the last preview episode with my beer of choice tonight. Uh, we're going to do a little Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA. It's uh, Imperial India Pale Ale. Definitely a go-to. It's, it's kind of hard to find. You don't see it everywhere. Um, but when you do find it, it's, uh, it's worth getting. So uh, cheers. Cheers to all Giants fans. Cheers to anyone else listening to this episode. I appreciate you. And cheers. That's a good, good beer. So I have a lot I want to get to tonight. Um, I want to get the ugly taste out of my mouth. You know, I was a little bit of a Debbie Downer the last episode. I want to, you know, pick up the energy a little bit, get back into uh, into the, the swing of things. So let's start right away with kind of the plan of the episode. And I, I want to, obviously, I want to pre- preview the game against the Browns. That's going to be a big game. Uh, we'll kind of go over keys to the game, um, you know, what the Browns are good at, what the Giants are going to be good at for this. We'll talk a little bit about Jones versus um, Colt McCoy, who's going to play. At this moment, we're really kind of unsure as to who is going to play. It could be Colt. It could be Daniel. I don't think Judge is going to let us know, really, probably. Maybe Saturday we'll know one way or the other. After that, I do have some Twitter questions, voicemails that I that I got that I'll, I'll kind of go through those. And then we'll get into another Eli Manning start. Um, I think I kind of figured out how I want to want to do that section of this i think i'm i'm just going to go up uh start by start um it's a long road to do it that way i hope to continue this podcast all the way through like that but i, I think that'll be fun you know i think it'll kind of you know we'll relive a little bit of, of eli manning of the greatness of eli manning the ups and the downs uh but it'll be fun i, I think that's that's how i'm going to do this so we'll we'll look at his second start which was against the Philadelphia Eagles, who this in 2004, the Brighton High, you know, it's a, a big year for them. This is actually the year the Eagles play in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, the game where Terrell Owens gets hurt earlier in the year, well, actually right towards the end of the year, and he, you know, sleeps in his hyperbaric chamber for a while and, and ends up coming back and playing in the Super Bowl, which is a pretty cool story. You know, I'll get into Teal a little bit in this episode, you know, as much as you might not like him, dislike him, whatever. He's, he was a heck of a player, man. He really was. So that's my plan for this episode. So I guess we'll jump right into the preview portion of the episode. So we'll start talking about the Browns. Uh, Browns are 9-4, and four, and they're facing the Giants at MetLife Stadium. Uh, it's gonna be Giants are 5-8. and eight. It's going to be a Sunday night football game. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. You know, it's, it, it's a flex game. They flex it uh, into that Sunday night game. They probably didn't anticipate that that Colt McCoy might be starting in Daniel Jones' place, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. We'll play with who we got. Yards per game, the Browns are 11th in the league, averaging 374 yards offensively per game. Giants, 31st at 300 yards. And that's kind of been the story of the Giants this year. Offensively, they just have not been able to score points. They have not been able to, to drive the ball consistently. Browns have scored 26.8 points per game, which is 13th in the NFL, as opposed to the Giants, 
31st in the NFL with 18 points. So that really, really shows you kind of the ineptitude of this offense. Browns third in the NFL with running yards per game. Giants 14th. So despite the the offensive struggles, that seems to be the strength of this offense, which it, it seems so obvious to me. I mean, I know that Daniel Jones can throw the ball downfield. I know that this offense isn't working. You know, it, it's it's not. It, 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 I think it's a Jason Garrett issue, which I think a lot of Giants fans are starting to, to think that as well. I've been like hit and miss on, on Garrett. To start the year, I hated him. When we started to see some improvement, I saw some cool play designs. I saw some things I did like. But, man, you just if you can't score, you're not going to win games. You can have the best defense in the world, but if you're not putting up points, it's not going to work. Browns are fourth in red zone touchdown percentage. Giants, 30th. <laughs> these are just big kind of glaring uh, differences between these two teams. Now, one thing where the Giants do have an advantage is penalties. Giants are the sixth fewest penalized team in the NFL, where the Browns are the seventh most penalized. Baker Mayfield's been playing pretty good this year. Um, he's been sacked a lot less than he was last year. You know, last year he was sacked 40 times in the year. Uh, this year he's only been sacked 17 times. So he, the team itself, you know, the, the offensive line is definitely playing better. That could be something to do with Jedrick Wills being there now too. He's definitely playing well. He got banged up a little bit last week. I'm assuming he's going to play. It'll be fun to see kind of him up close and firsthand. I like Jedrick Wills in the draft. I didn't know who the right pick was for the Giants. I agreed with the offensive line position. I wouldn't have been upset about any of them. You know, I, I thought Mekhi Becton kind of had the biggest upside, but he's a big man. And, you know, someone that big is bound to get injured a lot. Now, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you guys that I felt that way prior, you know, to the draft or, or at the draft. I didn't. Um, I didn't really think about that too much. But kind of looking back, and that's not that surprising. He's just a big dude and, and you know it's got it's gonna be hard for him to stay healthy I think but he's got the talent man he's thrown NFL players around like crazy it's it's pretty fun to see um I was probably the most comfortable with Andrew Thomas it didn't surprise me it seemed like the Giants pick to be honest with you it just seemed it just seemed like that was going to be the pick but I you know at draft day I really I was so unsure where the Giants were going Kind of, once again, kind of assumed it was going to be offensive line, but there are a lot of different ways we could go. Um, Cleveland has also been doing a pretty good job this year with limiting turnovers. Part of that, you know, could be that they they run the ball so much. Uh, they have a good good running offense. We'll get into the defense next. Uh, the Cleveland Browns defense they're they're averaging um, three hundred sixty three yards per game that they're allowing. Giants are about 342, uh, you know, 19th in the NFL for the Browns, 11th for the Giants. So it's not a, a huge difference. Points per game, Browns are allowing 28.3 points per game. Giants are at 22.4. So that's definitely a strength towards the Giants. Uh, they're ninth in the league. The Browns are 27th in the league. Both teams are really good against a run. Giants, 7th, Browns, 16th actually after the Ravens game. They were 8th prior to that. So you got to take that a little bit with a grain of salt because Ravens kind of just ran all over them. And a lot of it was Lamar 
um, which will face him too. So I mean, maybe our numbers will get a little skewed by that too. Giants defense is eighth in the NFL with a quarterback pressure rate at 25.3%. Browns are 29th at 17.9. Now they have been missing Miles Garrett a little bit this year. He's been banged up a little. It'll be curious to see if our offensive line can rebound after such a poor performance against the Arizona Cardinals. Sacks happen on occasion, but really we need to, to you know, limit limit the sacks, limit the turnovers. Turnovers are, are really a, a key thing that we need to eliminate in this game. Browns are third in the NFL with forcing 20 turnovers. So that's something that we <laughs> got to be really careful about. Miles Garrett, 10.5 sack. Hasn't hit anyone with a helmet this year. That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> so for the Giants, defensively, you know, really need to focus on stopping the run. That sounds probably normal like obviously Mike that, that that's probably important <laughs> but we really need to, to focus on that especially in the early downs uh, first and second down if we can stop the run and, and force them into some third and longs I think that'll really help our defense with getting off the field on third down that's that's kind of been a, an issue up and down this year for the for the Giants where some games it seems like they do really good and other games they just can't get off the field Arizona Cardinals being, you know, a perfect example of a game that we couldn't get off the field. You know, they, they had 30 more plays than the Giants had. 30 more plays. That's crazy, the difference. So, yeah, you know, really focus on trying to get the Cleveland Browns into some third and longs. Maybe we can force Baker Mayfield into some mistakes and take advantage of that. Another big thing I would say is be ready for Kareem Hunt. He is in there on passing plays a lot. They throw it to him red zone. He's almost always in on the red zone, and they're willing to give him the ball. You know, they they kind of have a two-headed attack going on right now with him and Nick Chubb. So that's really going to be important to stop the run, and it's really going to be important to watch Kareem Hunt when he's in the game. Any passing downs, you know, if you see him leak out, you gotta you gotta keep an eye on him. Another little thing defensively that I think we need to be aware of is to be ready for trick plays with with the Cleveland Browns. I'm not talking about like double reverses and all this crazy stuff, but six games this year, someone other than Baker Mayfield has thrown a pass in the game. A lot of those was Jarvis Landry. You know, they're always trying to take advantage of, you know, an undisciplined defense. So be ready for Jarvis Landry. Watch what he's doing. Stay eye disciplined on the play. Read the play. Stay disciplined. That's kind of been key to this defense all year in, in my mind. Staying disciplined is just so important because the big plays, if, if you get big plays against you, it's its such a mental lapse. It's such a kind of a beating mentally, you know. Offensively, establish the run. I know that it, we've probably heard that a lot this year, and I feel like some people are beating their heads against the walls with this. I'm not trying to sit here and say that we need to impose our will and control the clock and yada, yada, yada. You, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to ride that train. But I think we need to take some pressure off Colt McCoy. I think we need to take some pressure off Daniel Jones, whoever is in this game. If we can establish the run and Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris have proven this year that they can handle the ball, if we can take some pressure off of the quarterback and get some play action going, you know, get some get some plays where maybe you have the, the boxes stacked a little bit more so you can take advantage of that in the passing game. That can do nothing but help us. We don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. We don't know what the offense is gonna look like. 
probably going to look like crap, especially if we <laughs> abandon the run so early like we seem to seem to do. We really need to establish the run. I feel like it's just going to help us control control the offense. You know, if we were a better, more successful offense, I wouldn't think that this would need to be said as much. And, and you know, we could probably use the passing game as kind of part of the running game, but it's just, it's not the case. Our offense is horrible this year. I, I think I'm probably on the, on the, you know, get rid of Jason Garrett front. We'll see what happens on that. I still think, you know, maybe he'll get a head coaching job somewhere. That's kind of my hope right now at this point. Um, anyway, obviously another couple of big things, no turnovers. You know, we can't have turnovers. The Seattle game is a perfect example of a game without turnovers where we won a game that we shouldn't have won. Or maybe we weren't expected to win, I should say. We w- didn't get sacked much. We didn't turn the ball over. We were able to stay out of third and longs. I mean, those are really big things that, that we need to make sure we can do. Special teams. Figure it out. Get, you know, figure it out. I, I saw that we released Brandon Williams this week. He's one of the gunners the last uh, couple of games. Maybe that'll help. I really, really would love to see Dante Pettis, maybe CJ Board back there returning returning kicks. He, he did at the end of the game last week. Pettis, obviously, he's been inactive. I, I, I really want to see someone other than, than Deion Lewis doing kick returns. I I love that he can pass block, and he's he's pretty good you know, on, on those third and long situations, but he's just I don't love him you know I'm not I'm not I'm just not a big fan so those are are kind of the keys to the game you know offensively no turnovers let's establish the run get Gallman get uh, Alfred Morris going stay out of third and longs get our special teams right you know stay stay disciplined defensively stop the run Keep an eye on Kareem Hunt when he's in the game. Watch Jarvis Landry if he gets any quick passes, you know, behind the line of scrimmage or any little handoffs. Stay disciplined on that because he throws the ball. You know, he's he can throw the ball, and then defensively stop the run. Oh, you know, I wouldn't try to sit here and say that's anything earth shattering. It's not rocket science. Kind of makes sense. You know, a lot of Giants fans could probably tell you the same thing. But that's what we got to do. Now, as far as the score prediction of the game. It's going to be a tough game. The Browns are, are a pretty well-coached team currently, which is rare to say. <laughs> you know, Stefanski's been doing a pretty good job w- with them. So if Daniel Jones is 85-90%, I feel good. You know, if we can take advantage of the defense a little bit, passing the ball, that'd be nice. Uh, if Colts in the game, you know, we're definitely going to have to kind of dumb, eh, dumb down the offense isn't the right word, but we're going to have to change up the offense a little bit we're gonna have to really commit to the run a little bit more it's gonna kind of be a game where we're gonna have to kind of control the tempo try to try to keep baker in the in the pocket and and try to get him off his first read that's gonna be important and see what happens i I think it's gonna be a tough game for the giants to win i I think if colts playing giants lose you know 18 to 24 or somewhere around there and you know, 18 points might be a little bit too much to ask for it, honestly, w- without Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones plays and he's, you know, 80, 85, 90% healthy, I think we can get a win. A lot of it's going to depend on that, though. If Daniel Jones plays, I'll say 24-20 win. All right, guys, so I want to get into a couple of tweet questions I have and a, and a voicemail I have as well. Kyle Kish 4 on Twitter asks, 
What can we expect from the Giants in the upcoming draft? What are their biggest needs? There's a lot of needs. You know, I, I don't know if our offensive line is completely settled yet. You know, we have a, a lot of the good we have a lot of the right pieces. We'll see if they add anything else there. Defensively, you know, edge rusher is still gonna be a concern. Wide receiver one's gonna be a, a big concern as well. Wouldn't shock me to see the Giants maybe draft a quarterback in the later rounds, pending, you know, they, they stick with Daniel Jones. Which I assume they will. You know, I think you got to give it at least one more year. This year's been really weird, you know, with Daniel Jones and this Jason Garrett-led offense. I feel like we just don't know enough yet. You know, it, it's... This offense has just been so anemic and so poor. And it, it's hard to really know for sure what the issue is. I mean, it, you know... What from the naked eye, the, the play calling's terrible, the the routes seem like they're not working, no one's getting open. But I'm not I'm not at the games also, so I don't see a lot of the other stuff. I don't really focus too much on like the all twenty two stuff, although I kinda would like to get into it. I think that offensively I just gotta hope that Jason Garrett's gone and then, you know, we can get some upgraded weapons. I think receiver's definitely gonna be something that we focus on, whether that's in the draft or whether that's in free agency, I don't, I don't really have a, a good answer for you on that. I guess if I had a had to make a guess, depending on where the Giants ended up, I'd like to see a receiver in the draft. Who the right answer is, though, I, I don't know. Obviously, I'd love Jamar Chase, but that could be a pipe dream unless we don't make the playoffs and we end up at pick eight, pick nine, pick ten, somewhere around there where we are right now. So wide receiver one, definitely a need. Edge rusher. Definitely a need. I think a little bit will be dependent on what the Giants do with Delvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams. You know, if they don't sign both of them, we may need a nose tackle or, or DT. Um, you know, another tight end might not be a bad idea in the later rounds. You know, I, I don't personally think tight end in the first round or second rounds really what I'd want. Um, but we need to get a little bit more of a talent infusion at the tight end position. I like Keaton Smith. I think he can stick around. Levine Taiolo, he's kind of been a weird letdown for us, I would say. So I think an upgrade at the tight end position would definitely be helpful as well. Thanks for the question, Kyle. So my next voicemail actually is from Curtis. So we're going to play that now. It's a two-parter, and then I'll answer that after. Hey, Mike, my name is Curtis, uh, first-time caller, and I wanted to ask you, um, you know, being a big fan of the draft, like you mentioned, I'm, I'm a Washington football team fan. Uh, I'm curious as to uh, the four teams in our division with the upcoming draft next year. I was just curious uh, what your thoughts were on uh, maybe a position of need for each of the four teams, uh, maybe even a, a player that, that they should be targeting this year. And um, second question, if you have time, was uh, coming up, we're going to have the yearly NFL awards. And I was just curious to get your input on uh, maybe who you had in the runnings for offensive and defensive rookie of the year, as well as coach of the year and MVP. Um, Cool, man. Curtis, thanks for the question, man. So there's a lot to unpack there. 
So what I think I'll do is I'll kind of I'll, I'll start with each team and we'll kind of do the free or at least notable free agents on each team and then I'll kind of go through the positions I think they might look at and then I'll you know give a couple names. Uh, obviously with the draft it's super early you know we don't know necessarily who's all coming out. Uh, we don't know who the risers or the fathers. We don't know free agency yet. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that really could factor into, you know, changing what I'm saying right now. So take everything I say with a grain of salt, as most people probably would anyway. Um, being you are a Washington football team fan, which, uh, you know, thanks for listening to the pod, man. I, I appreciate that. And I love, like I said, I love talking about the draft. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the draft with anyone and I'll answer any questions about the draft for any team. So for Washington, I guess a couple different things I would say. Got to figure out the quarterback position. You know, is Dwayne Haskins a guy? Are you going to give him another year? Are you going to, you know, try to sign Kyle Allen back? You know, he's a free agent after this year. Is is Alex Smith the answer? Figure that position out. You know, you do have a young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins who I, I personally don't love him. I don't think he is the long-term answer. And I don't think Ron Rivera thinks that either. But you have a young quarterback who is on a pretty cheap contract. I could, and actually they're in a very similar situation with the Giants right now with Daniel Jones. Continue building around the defense, get the defense better, you know, kind of just overall make the team better. And see what you have one more year with Daniel Jones. See what you have one more year with Dwayne Haskins. And if next year, if he proves not to be the guy that, that you're hoping for, you have a team that a rookie quarterback the year after or a free agent could come in and kind of step in. And, and, and you have a little bit of a better team to kind of build around him. So my, my start of this would be, you know, figure out if the quarterback position is on the roster or if that's something that needs to be looked at this year next you know is is antonio gibson the guy for the running backs i i know he's had a pretty good year this year i know he's hurt right now what's the plan with him you know is 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 he the guy uh you do have some notable free agents this year too with ryan kerrigan with brandon sheriff with ronald darby kevin pierre lewis kyle allen who i already mentioned so it really just depends on kind of the quarterback. And that really answers a lot of the other questions. You know, if you are looking at quarterback position, you know, Trey Lance could be a guy to look at out of North Dakota State. Tight end might be a, a pretty pretty good pick for you guys, honestly, too. I know Kyle Pitts would be a huge, huge upgrade. Running back, you know, if, if Antonio Gibson isn't the guy, is Travis Etienne a guy that you want to look at? Um, offensive line, you know, could probably use a little bit of an upgrade as someone like Alex Leatherwood, an option who, you know, could be guard, could be a tackle. I, I, you know, right now I, I almost want to lean a little bit more towards a guard for him, but he could be someone that could step right in with uh, Brandon Scherf. But I'm not really sure on that. You know, that'll kind of be something that we'll have to play out a little bit more. You know, secondary, someone like Caleb Farley uh, out of Virginia could be a, a good a good guy to go get. Devonta Smith for a wide receiver out of Alabama, you know, Terry McLaurin's a good guy, you know, a good, a good, a good guy to have on your team. You have Cam Smith, you have, or sorry, Cam Sims. You have a lot of decent options for receivers, but you could certainly use 
another one. So that's probably who I would look at. Um, next, let's get into the Dallas Cowboys. They got a lot of free agents and some big ones too. Uh, Dak Prescott, Tyrone Crawford, Cam Irving, Eldon Smith. Guys, I also haven't even gotten into salary cap with the Redskins, or sorry, the football team or any other team because who knows? I don't know what the, you know, what the cap's going to be this year with, with the COVID season and kind of everything going on. So that also kind of brings me to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's going to be a free agent. Do you really think that Jerry Jones wants to sign him to a $30 million deal or a $40 million deal, you know, however long that ends up being? I'm, I know this is an injury for Dak that he'll come back from healthy, but is this like a perfect out for Jerry Jones where he can say, you know what, not paying that type of money? Or can he franchise him and, and then draft a quarterback and then trade trade Dak? So that, that's kind of a, another curious position. That's another team where, you know, the quarterback position really isn't going to be settled until free agency. Uh with that, so going into the draft, quarterback is going to be an issue. You know, Dallas is going to pick pretty high, probably. So Zach Wilson is certainly an option. You know, if they go offensive line, which they have some good pieces on the offensive line, and they're a couple years removed from having one of the best offensive line linemen, offensive line in general, whatever, in the league. So it, that, that fell off so quick. You know, Travis Frederick retiring. Uh, Tyron Smith being hurt, uh, Connor Williams from Texas. That you know he he's been decent for them, I believe, but I don't think he's exactly panned out to what they thought he was going to be. Lael Collins, I believe, got hurt. So offensive line is going to be an issue for them too. You know, does someone like Panay Panay Sewell come in and and you know solidify the right tackle position or maybe take over at left tackle? Although I think Tyron Smith should hopefully come back healthy. You know, if they look at defensive linemen, uh, that, you know, they've been pretty bad against a run this year. Uh, it was someone like Quiddy Pay come in from Michigan and and help out. You know, some linebackers they could look at, maybe Micah Parsons, someone like that, or, you know, Caleb Farley for a secondary, kind of like I already mentioned for the, the Redskins. So they have a lot of a lot of options for, for, for things that, that are in need. It's really really dependent though on how they handle their own free agents and then free agency. So let's get into the Eagles next. Another team that, you know, has kind of struggled against the run this year. I believe they're 23rd in, in yards allowed uh, for, for running the ball. They definitely need some help with wide receivers. They definitely are in a position where offensive line could be upgraded. Linebacker could be upgraded. Secondary could be upgraded. Kind of a running theme with the NFC East, honestly. Um, wide receiver-wise, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith. I mean, there's a lot of good options there. Offensive line, I don't really know exactly what, where they'll be picking. So someone like Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC could be an option. You know, if they go linebacker, Michael Parsons could be a good fit. If they're looking for secondary help, uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, Gamecocks. Could be an option. So there's there's a lot of, of good options there. It, once again, though, it, you know, free agency. Jason Peters, Jalen Mills, Craven, Le, Craven LeBlanc. So offensive line definitely is going to be an upgraded position or a position that needs to be upgraded. 
and so is secondary. So it really just kind of depends on what happens in free agency. The second part of your question, Curtis, um, offensive rookie of the year, you know, right now to me, it's, it's kind of hands down, Justin Herbert, you know, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, almost 3,500 yards, only, only going to get better with that, you know, and I'm sure a lot of Giants fans feel this way. Had he come out a year earlier, I think that was a Giants pick. Instead, you know, he wanted to go back to Oregon. He wanted to play football with his brother, which you can't blame a guy for. Uh, I loved him though. Uh, the year prior, coming out of or- Oregon, I really hoped he, he went. He came. He went pro. I remember uh, I was running in a cemetery. Actually, it was kind of near near where we used to live, um, but it was a really big cemetery and it had a lot of nice trees and it was kind of a, a cool little place to run. So I'd I'd run in that cemetery all the time, and I remember listening to man I don't remember who it was someone come out and say that he wasn't coming out and I was like man that, that sucks <laughs> bummed me right out so defensive rookie of the year your guy Chase Young's got to be considered in there 26 solo tackles five and a half sacks three forced fumbles one return for a touchdown my pick right now though honestly is Jeremy Chin 95 tackles Four quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss, a sack, two forced fumbles that were recovered for a touchdown in the same game, by the way. Um, he isn't really talked about too much, but he's had a really good year. And he's someone that I wish the Giants had looked at. You know, I really didn't think that the Giants would get Xavier McKinney. So I was thinking Antoine Winfield. I was thinking Jeremy Chin. Uh, I mean, there's someone off the top of my head that I can't think of right now that I thought we might go after. But Jeremy Chin was someone I really liked in like the third round, maybe the fourth round. Obviously, he went much sooner than I thought he would. I think he ended up in the end of the second round. Antoine Winfield was another guy that I thought second, maybe third we could get. But obviously, we, we got Xavier McKinney, which I'm happy about. Obviously, we haven't really seen much of him yet. But... Jeremy Chin is someone I think is the defensive rookie of the year. He does have an interception as well. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, MVP right now is probably between Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I think you'd give Mahomes the slight edge right now, but Aaron Rodgers is is not messing around this year, man. He knows that you know the, the Green Bay Packers drafted Jordan Love. He's kind of out there to prove himself. He's going to be someone in the near future that really could be interesting to see what happens with him. Does he stay with the Green Bay Packers and the Packers just kind of hang out with Jordan Love and you know for three or four years? Does he become a free agent and leave? Uh, does he get traded? You know they could probably get a pretty good haul for him. It's just kind of a weird situation. But those are my my two probably MVPs right now. Uh, coach of the year, I'm going Sean McDermott, man. 10-3. and three. He's got the Buffalo Bills playing good good football. They beat a couple of really good teams the last couple of weeks. Hung in there with the Chiefs. Um, you know, they're Hail Mary away from being 11-2 against the Cardinals, um, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> you can't let, let Kyler Murray, Murray roll out how they did on that Hail Mary. That really, that really cost them. Um, but yeah, the Buffalo Bills are, are having a really good year, and I just don't think they're talked about enough. Sean McDermott at um, at Carolina when he was their offensive coordinator, man, 
he he did such so many good things there. Um, he's just not getting talked about enough, I think. So that would be my my coach of the year, Curtis. Thanks for the voicemail, man. That's actually that was a really good question. I really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, you know, if you ever have any other questions, feel free to throw them my way, man. Thanks. So I do have one more Twitter question I'll get to. Uh, this one is not draft related, so that's nice. Uh, Ryan Shear at Ryan Shear two asks, what do you think the keys to getting this offense back on track are? Can the giants do enough to beat Cleveland at home and take back control of the NFC East? Ryan, thanks for the question. Um, keys to getting this offense back on track are running the ball. You know, this offense is not good enough right now to be a very pass happy team. I think we need to establish the run. We did that in the second half against Seattle, and look what happened. You know, we beat a good team. We didn't do it against the Arizona Cardinals, and we were terrible. I believe that the prior six games to to the Arizona Cardinals, we were over 100 yards each game, and look what happened, wins. So I think running the ball, honestly, is really key to getting this offense back on track. If we can get the offense back on track with running the ball, then we can establish a little bit of play action. Uh, you know, not turning the ball over is going to be key. I just think this offense is severely handicapped with Jason Garrett. I'm just not buying into him. I, I don't like what I'm seeing from him. This offense just does not seem to work. It seems just so anemic. It seems so old. It seems outdated. It seems predictable. You know, when you have receivers that can't get any separation, okay, maybe that says something about the receiver too. But it certainly says something about the routes they're running. And that's an issue. You know, if, if an offense is predictable, even going back to like some of the Bobby Skinner stuff that he does on YouTube and honestly even the podcast that they, they put out there, he shows, you know, curl routes and stuff like that where it's so predictable. We do it every week and it's almost picked off. So we need to need to change something about the passing offense in this game. Or sorry, in this in this offense. And I do think the offense needs to be, you know, pushed down the field a little bit more, you know, throwing the ball downfield. But who does that? Daniel Jones can do it. Is he going to be there? Is he going to be healthy this week? Is he going to be better? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So that's definitely going to be a big part of what we do going forward, you know, whether he's healthy or not. It's kind of a really un fortunate situation because we just don't know what he is we don't know what Daniel Jones has he looked great last year throwing the ball downfield spreading the ball around obviously the turnovers were an issue he's doing better with that this year but now we're not throwing the ball downfield (laughs) so you know I, I don't I really don't know what to think it makes me a little worried that you know if a new GM comes in which I'm not I'm not saying that that's gonna happen I I think Gettleman stays for another year or you know, he, he retires in a situation where he wasn't being forced out. He retires and gets into like a consulting role or something like that with a team that also wouldn't completely shock me, but you know, a new GM comes in or even, even judge here, you know, he's been here for a year and, and has he, has he seen what he wants to see out of Daniel Jones? Is he his guy? You know, is that the offense he wants to run? Do we get a new offense coordinator? There's just so many little things that that can affect this so i I don't know the the completely right answer with that but definitely definitely running the ball i think this week really needs needs to happen we need to establish the run 
And if we can do that, I think we can beat Cleveland. Defensively, we just have to keep doing the same thing we've been doing. You know, we're not we're bending, we're not breaking, we're doing just enough defensively to kind of stay ahead of you know where kind of where we need to be. So hopefully we can we can do that. Guys, that's all the questions I have for today. So I think we'll get into another section that I want to do, and that's going to get into the kind of the Eli Manning stuff. Last week on the preview episode, I did uh, a little bit of a like kind of a game review of Eli Manning's first start. So I kind of mentioned this earlier in the show, but I figured, hey, you know what? Let's go with his second start, and maybe we'll just kind of keep going down the list, and, and it could be could be kind of fun. Fun, something fun, something a little bit different. So let, let's get into that. So Eli Manning's second career start is against the Eagles. They are 10-1 and one at this point. Giants are 5-6. and six. Game kind of starts out bland. Um, you know, a couple punts, Giants punt, Eagles punt. Giants get the ball back and boom, hits Jamar Taylor for a 50-yard completion. Uh, if you guys remember Jamar Taylor, he was drafted the same year Eli was. Actually, this year, his rookie year. I think it was a sixth round. I believe it was six. I'll, I'll double check that. Uh, but he hits Jamar Taylor with a 50-yard completion. Ends up leading to a 22-yard field goal by Steve Christie. Giants are up 3 nothing, Pretty quick. Uh, that was the Giants' second drive. Eagles' second possession, they run all over the place. They run for 40 yards. A few, you know, a few passing plays mixed in. Donovan McNabb, though, ends up running the ball in for a four-yard touchdown run, uh, which ends up being kind of early second quarter. Next couple of drives, Giants and Eagles kind of pump back and forth. Nothing too crazy happens. Next, Giants drive. And at this point, we're still in the second quarter. Uh, Eli hits Shockey for a 26-yard gain. And that leads to another field goal for the Giants. So six to seven, Giants are down one. Eagles get the ball back and actually force a fumble on Donovan McNabb, which was recovered by O.C. Humanura. Big play on the defense there. So what do we do with the ball? <laughs> Eli Manning hits Jamar Taylor again with a 52-yard 50 pass. So Giants have the ball at the three-yard line and throws a pick. <laughs> so you're like, no! Um, little side note. Like you said earlier, Jamar Taylor was drafted the same year as, as uh, Eli on that point. I, I remember I was a, a senior in high school at this point, so quite a while ago. Pretty pumped about Eli Manning. You know, I think there were a couple other players that I would have been happy with. Sean Taylor, I believe, was in that same draft. Uh, Robert Gallery, who ended up being a pretty big bust, were two players I really liked. I, I didn't love Phillip Rivers. I, honestly, I didn't love Ben Roethlisberger either. So... I was a little bummed that we, we got Philip Rivers to start, but obviously the trade happened and, and everything kind of worked out. Uh, we gave up so much in that trade, in that trade though. Obviously, you know, kind of looking back, it really didn't bite us too much. You know, I think they got Sean Merriman with the Giants pick uh, and they got a kicker. I can't think of the, the kick, Nick Kading maybe. Um, so really nothing too crazy, but I was super bummed that, we had to give up that much. It just felt like so much at the time. Obviously, looking back, pretty happy with it now. So, kind of back on point, though. Eli throws a pick at the three-yard line. And, you know, they kind of exchange punts a couple more times. Sec- second half ends. Or, sorry, second quarter ends. Eagles come right out and kick a field goal. Giants get the ball back. And Eli throws another pick. And, of course, the pick goes to Brian Dawkins. 
who I mean I hated Brian Dawkins, but it wasn't like your your typical hate. It wasn't I actually I really respected him. I just hated playing against him because he was such a good player. I I kind of felt that way actually about Brian Dawkins and honestly even Dave David Akers too, who were all on the same team. I always kind of had a, a little bit of a special place for Donovan McNabb with the Eagles. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that he went to the Eagles, but you know he played college ball less than. 70 miles I grew up, you know, so I kind of always admired him. And, you know, the, back when he was playing at Syracuse, it was so cool to see. And then he went to the Eagles, and you're like, gosh, crap, you know. <laughs> so you don't really want to root for him. But, you know, I kind of always kept an eye on him. They actually had T.O. that year, too, which, you know, despite what you want to say about T.O., he was such a competitor. He was a baller, man. He, he wanted to win. He Yes, he wanted the ball. Yes, he was a little bit of a pain in the butt to have on your team. But he cared, though. You know, he, he wanted to do nothing but help a team win. That was actually the year, too, I believe, that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. He got hurt. I think he got hurt maybe like week 17 or something like that. And pretty much said, I'll be back for the Super Bowl. And he probably slept in his hyperbaric chamber every night and did what he could do to get back. And he made it back. And he made some made some big plays on that, on that Super Bowl, I believe. But they, they still lost, obviously. So back to the game, uh, you know, after the, after Eli throws a pick, the Eagles kick another field goal to make it 13 to six. Everything kind of goes wrong at that point for the Giants, which honestly <laughs> seems pretty familiar to, to this week against the Cardinals. Uh, Giants have a punt blocked. Eli gets sacked multiple times. Eagles continue to roll and they win 27 to six. So Eli at this point, 0-2 in his rookie year. He's throwing one touchdown pass, five interceptions, I believe. Not a great start, but it was a very different time for rookie quarterbacks. You know, they weren't really expected to start their rookie year. You know, even Eli coming in as early as he did was, I don't want to say it was unheard of, but it wasn't really expected either. So you really can't hate on Eli too much at that point. It was just kind of the way things went you know rookie quarterbacks usually kind of struggled the first couple of years and, and you know we all kind of lived that with Eli until obviously the Super Bowl season and everything when you look at the box score of the game though obviously like I said 27 to 6 Donovan McNabb was 18 of 27 for 244 yards with a touchdown he was sacked twice Brian Dawkins had 18 carries for 74 yards with a touchdown uh I was like Dorsey Levins was there at that point too he had nine carries that's a that's a name from the past right there. Nine carries for 38 yards. And then Todd Pinks, Pinkston had a couple of catches. T.O., obviously, like I mentioned. Uh, L.J. Smith, wow, four receptions for 31 yards. Freddie Mitchell was there that year. Uh, defensively, uh, Jeremiah Trotter had a good game for them, eight solo tackles. Corey Simon had two sacks. Mark Simonow had a sack. Brian Dawkins was all over the place. A lot of the usual names, you know, back in the day for, for the Eagles to, man, always seem to give us fits. For the Giants, Eli Manning, <laughs> really, really bad stat line. Six for 21, 148 yards, two interceptions, sacked five times for 37 yards, lost. Tiki Barber had a pretty good game, 19 carries for 110 yards. I can't stand Tiki Barber anymore. You know, maybe it's not fair to him. I just there was such a sour taste in my mouth after he retired and all the stuff he said about Tom Coughlin and everything he said about Eli Manning not being a leader and and it kind of being comical. Just 
I really lost a lot of respect for him that year. Um, some other players on the team that year, I killed had a, had a rush. Jamar Taylor had one rush for negative eight yards, which is kind of funny because that's his only rush of his career. He had two receptions for 102 yards. Uh, Jeremy Shockey had two catches for 31. That was pretty much it. You know, defensively, Will Allen had a lot of, I had a lot of tackles. Barrett Green was there. Carlos Emmons. OC had, you know, six tackles. Reggie Torbor. Nothing, nothing really sticks out, though. Something kind of funny about Jamar Taylor. I don't know. I don't think I mentioned this earlier. Let me get back to it. He didn't last very long in the NFL. In Jamar Taylor's career, he had six catches for 146 yards. So that meant, or means... In this game, he had two receptions for 102 yards. This was kind of like his defining game of his career, or really just like his highlight of his career, I should say. So it's kind of cool that that happened here. I was so excited about him when we when we drafted him, and really, he just never panned out. I believe I believe he got hurt actually, if I remember correctly. We did draft him in the sixth round, and yeah, so that was kind of the highlight of his career. Kind of shout out to him, although. I don't really know what he's doing nowadays. I know in 2018, he got arrested for possession of marijuana plants. Uh, at the time, he was getting into coaching. That's that's all I really found about his, his life after football for, with the Giants, or after the Giants, I should say. So last week, doing a little pick-up pick section, I finished the, the week 8-8. Eight and eight. Not great, uh, but not horrible either. So I figured I would do week 15 and you know kind of continue this. See if I can, uh, you know, do a little bit better this week. Although, like I said, I don't think I did horrible last week. There were a couple losses I didn't expect. You know, I didn't think the Eagles were going to beat the Saints. I was hoping the, you know, 49ers would beat the Redskins. I thought Atlanta could beat San Diego. But, hey, it is what it is. So, we'll start with um, the Thursday night game, Chargers against Raiders. I kind of feel like the Chargers are going to sneak in and win this game. Uh, Raiders have a bunch of players hurt on defense. You know, can, can they keep up with Justin Herbert in their offense? Chargers do tend to blow games. So that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with that. But I, I'm going to go Chargers, I think. So we actually have a couple Saturday games this year or this week. And that should be pretty interesting. To start, we have Bills against Broncos. Going to go Bills on that. I do think the Broncos could be a little bit challenging just with their good defense. And if they can get their offense going at all, then then uh, they could be kind of difficult. But I think the Bills are, are a well-coached team. I think they can pull this game off. Next, we have Panthers at Packers. Easy going Packers. That's Saturday night, 8-15. Sunday games, 1 o'clock. Texans against Colts going Colts. Lions at Titans going Titans. I think Titans can definitely win that game pretty easily. Bears at Vikings. I'm going to go Bears. The Vikings, I just don't believe in. I'll never believe in Kirk Cousins. I just don't think he's a great quarterback. Uh, Next, we'll go to Seahawks against the Washington football team. I'm going to go Seahawks on that. Patriots against Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to smack them in the face. Cam Newton just looks weird this year. I don't really like anything about that offense. I know they're very run heavy. Um, when asked to throw the ball, they don't seem to be able to. Next, we have Jaguars against Ravens. And that's that's a, a Ravens win right there. 
After that, Buccaneers at Falcons. I think the Buccaneers win this game. I think they'll kind of right the ship here the next couple of weeks and, and kind of get into playoffs and, and go from there. A lot of 1 o'clock games this week. Uh, 49ers against Cowboys. Probably Cowboys. They seem to be playing a little bit better now. We'll see what happens there. First 4 o'clock game, you're looking at Eagles against the Cardinals. I'm thinking the Cardinals will win this game. I know Jalen Hurts seems to have this team playing a little bit better, and they seem to be playing a little bit more inspired, but I think the Cardinals win. I think the Cardinals are also playing a little better, and they're playing a little bit more inspired. Next, we have Jets at Rams. That's an easy, easy Rams win. Uh, Next, we'll go Chiefs at Saints. I'm going to go Chiefs on that. I still think they're the better team. The Saints... It'll be it'll it'll be interesting to see what Taysom Hill does when he has to throw the ball when he has to to you know kind of carry the offense and I think last week showed against the Eagles that he might not be up to the task. Monday night game we have Steelers at Bengals. I think this will be a kind of a get right game for the Steelers. Uh, last is the Browns versus Giants. I already kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, but I, I think the Giants with Daniel Jones have a healthy, the healthy Daniel Jones have a chance to win this game. So I'll go 24-20 Giants. If he is not playing, I believe I said an 18-24 to loss for the Giants. So that's all I got, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'll probably have another episode out next week, kind of a reaction to the Giants-Browns game. Hopefully we can pull off a win. Other than that, guys, cheers. Thanks for listening. Hopefully everyone stays safe in this uh, lovely winter weather that we have out there. And, uh, yeah, let's freaking go.